Welcome to Season 4 of Manifesting Mari. But wait, Season 3, wasn't that only two episodes? How long are each season? What are episodes? What's even happening? Guys, who even cares? Who's even listening? Barely me. So let's do this show. Welcome to another episode of me doing this thing. Um, yeah, I'm confusing. Who cares? Seasons? Does, does it really matter? I'm asking you, sincerely. Does it really matter what season it is? Does it really matter what episode this is? The, I'm, t- I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it doesn't. <laughs> Which is the best part about having your own podcast is that you can do whatever you want. (laughs) And the best part is that you're the only one who creates whatever kind of boundaries and structure around it. It's kind of like life. Um, As much other people like to believe. I had this I have this conversation sometimes with one of my coworkers at my muggle job. And I like to make the point that you always have a choice. And she likes to say, sometimes you don't have a choice. And then I say, believing that you don't have a choice is a choice. And then she gets upset with, I can tell she gets upset. Um... Because there are some times where it feels like we don't have a choice, right? In order to do whatever X, Y, Z, in order to be whatever kind of human we want to be. And there are times where, um, you know, uh, a lot is up against the line, like uh, your life, you know? Um, But I've met people who've been in the position of it's either my life or not. And then some people chose life. And then they're still here making choices. So, you know, um, I don't think it's a whole blanket statement every single time. But I like to believe that we all have the power to, to make our own choices. You know, there are extreme circumstances like that. Mommy Dearest, what was that? Um, when, was it a documentary or was it like, oh, was it like a fake thingy that, that retold the story about, it was like a, a girl whose mother had severe Munchausen syndrome and, uh, pretended the girl was and also made the girl believe she was sick, like violently sick, like shaved her head and made her sit in a wheelchair and shit. And then that girl found somebody, like, started dating some dude online, and then they came up with the idea to murder their mom. It's a whole thing. Um, but listen, series of choices, man. That's what I'm starting to learn. You hear that snot? You want to know why? Because I smoked again for the very first time in a, in a while, and, um... I'll tell you, I regret it. <laughs> I'll tell you. Um, I'll tell you that my body is wondering why I'm still 
against it. <laughs> like, after my retreat, my body was like, great. But wow, you know what? I feel very safe and connected now. More so than ever. I'm still a little worried, but, you know, I can feel good like this. And then I said, oh, I love that. And then Monday came, and it's like, oh, we're still eating vegan. We're still doing clean. That's great. And then Tuesday happened, and then something happened where I felt myself in a level of stress again. And, um, and then I used food and marijuana to help make me feel better. That was a thing I did. Um, I'm not disappointed. I'm more of a, this again? <laughs> like, oh, okay. We Here's something we need to observe and look at. Right? Like, why? 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 Hey, what happened, friend? <sighs> and that's a big thing that I got from this weekend was, oh, my phone fell was to just be more patient and more compassionate with myself. I realized how aggressive I was with parts of me. And I would use words like combative and fighting. And it's like, these are just parts of myself. Like, I don't want to fight with parts of myself. I want to, like observe and show love and compassion because like the anger and the frustration like that's coming from me and it's toward me and I don't like it when people are angry or frustrated at me so why should I keep doing that to myself it's absolutely ridiculous um so yeah I I don't know I I felt like I wanted to document what I experienced during my journey um, this past weekend. So I don't forget. I didn't really journal or write anything down. So I feel like I need to talk about it. So let me talk about it to you guys. And nobody will say anything about Oh, you know what? The people I know will message me and will be like, Wow, I felt a thing when you were talking about that thing. Um, which I love, and thank you for anybody who reaches out. Um, and if you don't know me, uh, you could. You could reach out and be like, hey, I'm a stranger listening to your thing, or strangers talking on the internet, the biggest fear of the 90s. And um, here are feelings I have about a thing you did and said in your podcast. And I'd go, wow, I affirm that you had those feelings and whether those are, whether I'll have to see how those feelings make me feel to, to decide how to, how to respond. Um, if it's like a positive thing you're saying, you're probably going to get positive back from me. And also with a little bit of recognition that like, whoa, this is wild. Like part of me feels like I don't deserve praise for the things I do, but like, I really want the praise, um, because I, I, I have good girl syndrome, so, um, thank you, um, but if you say something mean, um, I'll probably say, uh, hey, I recognize you have those feelings about this, why don't you observe the ways that, uh, you talk 
that way about yourself? Or why don't you analyze uh, why you would sit and listen to a whole podcast of something that makes you angry and doesn't resonate with who you are as a person? Why don't you um, not do that and do something that makes you like happy and brings you joy? And if saying mean shit and unconstructive shit to people online is what brings you joy, um, maybe you need to reassess the hobbies you have and why you have them in the first place. What was I saying? So, my ayahuasca journey. Um, hmm. You know, a lot of this journey, a lot of this weekend was about, like, surrendering and how scary it is to surrender. Like, one of my intentions for the first night was to give myself permission to feel all my feelings. Yeah, the my two one 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 intention was to feel the shape and full extent of my feelings and the other one was to give myself permission, right? I feel like the parts of me that feel not enough and undeserving feel like I don't get to feel these ways, right? Like feeling the full extent of my happiness for some reason I have this narrative that I don't deserve to feel happy. I don't know exactly where that came from. You know, we could we could we could go down the list um and you know, I'd like to figure out exactly what wound that narrative is like living in and feeding off of. Um Maybe I could feel into it now. I can feel there's something like keep working, undeserving and, and, and not enough like to work together. Undeserving. Where are you living? I felt it a little bit. I kind of had it. Just like maybe sometime. Somewhere in school. Elementary, middle school, maybe even younger. Undeserving, throw in a mix of a little bit of church stuff. Right, like you have to be a good person. You have to deserve, right? That's been a big thing. Like, I want to be a good person. And, um, you know, I've heard that before. I've heard that from somebody who I, like, reconnected with. 
they're not, they come out saying, like, I want to be good. And I'm like, I feel like they already were good. Like, I think they're good people. I think sometimes good people make mistakes. That doesn't make you, like, a bad person. I think you're just, you know, I don't think there's really good or bad people. I don't know. <laughs> I think there are good or bad people, right? Uh, I think there are people who do good or bad things, and then we use those actions to define who those people are, right? Like, Hitler bad. <laughs> Mother Teresa good, right? But I like to think that, like, that doesn't mean that Hitler has never done a good thing ever in his life. I think the things that really defined his existence on this earth were really horrible things. Um, and also, like, I don't think Mother Teresa has never done a bad thing in her whole existence. Like, I'm sure something happened along the way where, I don't know, here am I judging Mother Teresa. Who the fuck am I, right? But I'm sure she did things that were quote-unquote bad. You know, she was a teenager at one point. She probably did shitty things. And that's probably why she was so good for, like, a big chunk of her life. Because, like... You know, a lot of times you look at your life, if you have this certain level of awareness, right? Once you put fear, anger, and all these other, like, um, surface level fears aside, you have this, you realize you're functioning out of a wound. And that was a big thing. I had to, like, realize and kind of forgive myself about why am I crying about it? Like, I still feel bad about, you know, the ways I've treated people and the ways I've treated myself. And, you know, I think people don't like to feel bad about hurting other people. But sometimes you do. You need to sit with that and feel bad about it. You know? It's not a good feeling to know you hurt somebody else or even knowing you hurt yourself. It's not a good feeling. And I think that we're supposed to stay with it. You know, we get angry and defensive when, like, that's part of our human experience. Like, that was, like, a big part of my first night was me realizing, like, the ways I was functioning in my wounding, the ways that, like, anxiety was just a baseline for me. Like, that's what I was feeling. Like, at the beginning of my first night, it was, like... I could feel my baseline was anxiety. Like, there was just, like, buzzing in my body. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is me every day? What the fuck? Like, no wonder why I'm, like, so, I feel so unsafe. And, like, I'm so untrusting. Like, my whole body is in fight-or-flight mode. Like, all the time. Like, what am I doing? It's because I thought that was normal. Because I grew up in an anxious household where everyone was just anxious. It's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I remember asking to, like, get go into a separate room. Because there was, like, a fan in the room we were in. And it was, like, kind of... I felt like it was adding to my anxiety or, like, wasn't helping. So I went into, like, a different room and... I really sat with things and this this not enough thing ugh not enough i've i've had enough with this not enough thing 
it definitely felt like it, it, it seeped into me through like my mother's side. And I feel like this is a thing that my mother's side deals with this not enough, you know, not saying that my father's side doesn't deal with it as well, but it's like really feeding into generations on my, on my mom's side, on my feminine side, this, I'm not doing enough, right? You're not doing enough, not enough, not enough, not enough. It was like this huge thing, and I've been looking at it for a long time, so it's like starting to get tired. It's really starting to get tired, and that was a thing that's kind of fueled me, like, you know, growing up, coming home with, with like, a, a good grade, and then your parents going, okay, well, next time, A+, plus or... You know, you could do better next. There's always, you could always do better. You could always do better. And um, it created this pressure of that my good wasn't good enough. Like, I remember, like, one of my distinct memories of, like, getting my degree in my... Isn't that sad? getting my degree from college and I was like mom we did it I didn't even say I did it I said we did it and my mom goes great now go start looking for a job I think it's really sad that my mom couldn't really like celebrate that moment with me or she didn't see or, like, realize that, like, I wanted her to celebrate that moment with me. And I didn't really know, right? I'm sad. <clears throat> but yeah, there's always been this, like, not enough. Not enough money, not enough this, not enough work. To where there's, like... Oh, black hole. I feel like nothing can fill it. The wound for that one is, is also, you know, a slippery one. It's not like, I feel like there's not just one wound. It's like gotten in, like anytime something opens up, it like slides into there. You know, I think not enough is left, you know. That is, 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 fills into the spots where my parent, my mom was unable to give me love in those moments. And then I feel like the not deserving is the other side where, you know, my dad was unable to give me love in those moments where I was unable to be held by either the masculine or feminine dominant energy in my life when I was younger and that's sad It feels really sad and heavy and, you know, 
little me feels very alone. Um, but, you know, I've been really struggling with not enough and undeserving for a while to the point where I was like, starting to outwardly spiral and, you know, really depending on smoking and spending money and going out and being with other people in order for me to be happy. And now I'm like, okay, let me like give myself love, right? And that was like another, another thing I, I've been asking for. I've been wanting to like feel my love like other people talk about it and it sounds great <laughs> like I had a, such a hard time feeling it for myself and then while I was on the medicine I was able to really feel it I was able to really like feel it like wow what an amazing feeling like it felt really warm like being like embrace and it was bright and it was like rainbow colored like it would flash rainbow colors so cool it was so amazing to like have that tool and know that that's there and know that it doesn't have to be there like a thousand percent but it's always bubbling like that's just the person that i am like i always feel it like you know like i like to approach my life with love as much as i can and there are sometimes there are other Emotions come to the forefront, and that's okay, right? I was talking to one of the facilitators that weekend, and he was like, you know, it seems like you put all this love out to other people because... That's <laughs> such a funny conversation. He was like, you know, you put out all this love because you didn't get that love yourself. He goes not saying you're not a good person you're not doing that because you're just you're no you're also doing it because you're a good person and i'm like no you're right i only love other people just for my own self-gratification <laughs> which like i worry about honestly like sometimes i look at myself and i'm like am i only caring about this person because i feel like i'm gonna get something out of them I, I do, I look at that because there are ways, there are times in my life where I, th that has been the case. <coughs> where I gave somebody a certain amount of attention or a certain amount of my time or whatever it is just because, like, I thought I was going to get, I thought I was going to get this end result from them, right? And I had to really look at that. I had to really look at, at the ways I was basically being manipulative, right? Like, people want to feel loved. People want to feel important. And I know that. And I also know ways. I do. I'm going to say I know ways to make people feel important. That is really inauthentic. That, uh, like, the only way, like, the only reason why I'm doing it, it isn't for their sake, for them to feel love. It's not for the sake of, like, something, it's for the sake of something I feel like I want to get in return. And that's, 
it's fucked up that I've been that person, you know, and, and coming to terms with that and forgiving myself and, you know, that part of me that functioned in that way also deserves love too because they were only acting that way because they had a lack of love right and that's kind of like growing up it was like I felt like I had to do things in order to earn love whatever love meant right and love usually meant some kind of like reward or praise like I realized that like praise is like a big part of love for me um But yeah, I'm getting better at noticing like when love is coming up and why it is. Um, And nowadays, I'm much better at realizing that it's like, well, people just deserve love and I'm one of those people. That's like the biggest thing for me. Like, I really like try my best to love other people because I wasn't loved myself and I, I don't want other people to feel the way I felt. Um... So I do love people and I love loving people. I I much prefer that feeling than other feelings. Um, but I really, you know, this facilitator encouraged me to like turn inward and like give that love to myself. And it feels good, like I can feel it now. And it's you know, it's slow going. Like, now that I'm not on the medicine, I, you know, it isn't as large and expansive as I felt when I was, like, in the midst of it. But it felt good to feel what my love feels like because now I know. Now I know I can feel it. Um, and, and I realized, especially on the second night, I wasn't able to do that until I gave myself permission to feel my feelings because... I noticed another one of the facilitators, she kind of um, said that there's, like, somebody blocking. Like, I explained to her that it's hard for me to let people into my heart. Um, It has to go through my brain first and then go into my heart. And she's like, oh, it sounds like they're, like, checking for something. And, like, I'm like, yeah, there's, like, a bouncer into my heart club. (laughs) And there's some people... Who, you know, oh, here's that person. Yeah, they get into my heart club. They've they've earned their spot. They've proven, right? There's still this, like, deserving, you deserve to be in my heart kind of thing. And I think there is, you know, a, a certain level of healthy boundaries that I need to exercise to know if somebody is safe for me to love. And it's safe for me to be loved by them and vice versa and all that jazz. Um... But yeah, there's like this bouncer, and I found that the bouncer was little me, and um, she, she is, um, she wants to make sure that she can be whatever she needs to be, and she can be the full expression of herself, um, And I noticed that when I was even trying to get into... Sometimes I'm locked out of the club. I'm like, yo, girl, let me in. And uh, she was really testing me. It was on the second night. Um, 
she was doing this thing where, like, she would get angry, and then she would, like, kind of look at me and be like, are you going to let me be angry? And, you know, I was like, yeah, you can be angry. And then she was, she wanted to get really angry, but she couldn't because she kept smiling because she was so happy that she could be angry. (laughs) She was so, like, you know, like how little kids, like, they're just bratty and they want to, like, do like, oh, and they look at you and they're like, am I allowed to do this? And it's like, yeah, you're allowed to do this. And now it's just fun that they can, like, throw a teddy bear in a safe way or like scream into a pillow and like you know at one point like it like the tears become laughter and that's kind of what was happening with her like it was this angry this angry that wanted to come out and uh even now it's just having a hard time really fully being in the anger because like you know, anger was an emotion. I was having trouble, really, on the first night with it. I was like, how to anger? Like, I, I, I recognize that I'm angry, but I'm not being angry. I was like, grr, is that it? Like, grr. And, like, so one of the facilitators like, I'll bring a pillow for you to punch. And I'm like, I don't, <laughs> like, I don't know how to, <laughs> like, like, uh. <laughs> I don't know how to anger really until it's like I'm I'm blinded by it right like and there were times in my life where I've been blinded by anger and I put my hands on somebody in a way that I deeply regret um you know so I'm working on finding safe ways to express my anger and and letting my anger be expressed when I feel it <laughs> Um, but yeah, this, like, little bit of me was, like, (laughs) the bouncer, the little me, kept on, like, smirking, you know, and I, I feel like that, that's healing, the wound between, it's, like, between myself, like, the wound that was created that made me, you know, the ways that I had to disassociate from myself in those times of trauma. Um, you know, when I was little, like, me recognizing that I was physically abused, which is hard to say, and because growing up you think, oh, I'm just disciplined. No, you were hit when you had an emotion by an adult. And what I don't like is that the adults aren't taking responsibility for it. And that makes me very upset. Makes me very angry because it's like, you guys did it. Just admit that you did it and say sorry. There's a, you know, that's how we were raised. That's how we did it. It's cool. Great. I'm sorry you were also physically abused. Can't you realize that? You didn't like it either. Why did you do it to us? That's the passing down of trauma, right? Like, that was a big thing on my second night. I was like, I got not enough from my mom. I got, 
undeserving from my dad. And other kids get outies. <laughs> like, <coughs> what a freaking inheritance. Um, yeah. Like, my first night was really me trying to look at my wounds and realizing that the wounds did not, you know, that I was being distracted by this not enough and undeserving. So it was hard for me to really see the root wounds. And, you know, I like to do the work to keep looking at that. Um, and then on my second night, even before I took the medicine, like, she was allowing me, she was, it was like, this is what being sad feels like, and then I felt sad, and I was crying, and then she was like, pain, this is what pain feels like, and I can, like, feel the pain, and it hurts so much, and then anger, she was letting me feel anger, and I was like, banging I wanted to bang like my hands on my bed just bang it so when I did take the medicine and I surrendered and these feelings came up you know there's one point I remember I was screaming into my pillow I don't even remember why But, like, for the second night, I was like, I'm going to surrender and let the magic do what it's going to do. The magic. Basically, it's magic. The medicine magic. Do what it's going to do. And a lot of it was me feeling it in my body first. Like, I really felt it all in my body. And then when it was, like, really hitting, I really felt it all in my body. And then, um... I remember one of the facilitators came over and was like, he, he was checking in on me. He was like, how are you doing? And I'm like, I'm not feeling my feelings and I'm getting frustrated about it. And he offered me a second dose and I was like, I don't know, let's come back to that. And I went to the bathroom, and then I came back from the bathroom, and then someone was whistling. Someone in the room was, like, whistling, and the way they were whistling, it sounded like a siren. And, like, it brought me back to, like, the day my dad died. <laughs> I just couldn't stop crying. I, like... Usually when I'm in ceremony and I'm crying, I can, like, it's myself and it's just a feeling that I'm going through, but I had such a hard time being alone for it. I called someone over. And I sat with me and I remember saying to them, like, the whistling is reminding me of the day my dad died. I just, I had to run so fast. That was, like, the biggest thing I was running so fast. On the phone, I got there. Like, all the adults were just standing around. And I was... The amount of times in my life where the adults just stood around, not... 
knowing what to do and I had to act. And it's like, oh, I'm the adult now. <laughs> Going into my mom's house and seeing my dad's dead body on the bed. His fingertips cold. His eyes rolled back open and... I couldn't cry. I just had to be new. <laughs> now that I want to cry about it, no one wants to cry with me. My mom doesn't want to cry with me about it. And it hurts. It hurts because I just want to cry and be held by her but she won't let me cry because it means she has to cry too and... <sighs> it hurts it hurts little me now that my mom can't even show up for me now because of her own wounding <sighs> just a series of People who were unable to show up because of their own wounding. And I don't want to be that person. I don't want the wounding to get in the way of me loving myself and giving love and being present for the people I love too. <sighs> It felt so good to cry in front of people. It felt so good to be seen. It felt so good to have permission to cry. I... So heavy, you know. This big traumatic thing. You know. And On the night of my dad's death, it was snowing. It was coming down really hard. And, um... I remember my ex was still living with me at the time. And my brother stayed with my mom that night, and I just, I couldn't be in my home. My ex was, was, he was, he, he was 
out for the night and I just didn't want to be alone in my house and I remember driving to my friend's house and just being there and him holding me. There's a lot of big feelings there that still need to be processed, you know. And I feel like, you know, sometimes processing doesn't just mean, like, the mental process, but emotionally, emotionally processed, like. I just... wanted to crumple up I was in survival mode and I felt like I couldn't cry I couldn't cry at the time I just had to do it really heavy a lot of these emotions are really heavy I'm very grateful that there are people in my life who can give me love in the way I need it. Really being able to distinguish what my needs are has been a journey within itself. Right? There are times where I go to my friends and I'm like, I'm feeling this way. And they go, you'll get through it. And I'm like, this isn't a conversation about whether or not I'm getting through it. Of course I'm getting through it. I'm just in it right now. And I would love for you to be in it with me. And we could both just feel sadness right now. That's another thing that I realize is that my laughter, the way I joke, is a way for me to relieve tension. 
Sometimes I just want that tension to stay until it just dissipates itself. People don't like staying in tension. We want to make it go away. But I'm finding that in those moments of tension, there are answers there, and us running from it doesn't only makes us go around it. Right? We avoid the tension, the conflict. And then we just end up going in circles around the one thing we should look at and be in. Like yesterday, when I smoked and ate food that didn't agree with my body, I could feel the tension. And sitting with that tension and realizing why is it here? Rather than You know, and then observing myself smoke more and eat more to feel more better, but the tension was something else. I really like relieving tension, right? That's why I like massaging. I like finding the tender spots, pushing on them. That's what I was doing with my body on the second night of the medicine. I was like finding these tender spots and pushing into them and seeing what was coming out. I just, you know, being able to know and see that I have a lot of Emotions that need processing. A lot of moments, you know. And I really want to work on that. Being present for those moments. Being present for the tension. You know. And I think there are ways. There are ways where cannabis can help. Um, I think cannabis in so many ways brings up tension. That we didn't realize was there. Right? When we become so numb. It actually brings us out to the other side. Right? Some people smoke with the intention to numb. When really it's like, yeah, you're numbing. This is what I felt because I like to smoke before I do massage. Like, you're numbing it, but then the tension is still there and it's easier for you to work on it, right? Like, I got my, I got a filling put in in one of my cavities yesterday or two days ago. And um, the numbing agent, when you numb yourself, it doesn't make the thing go away. But now you're able to really look at it. You were able to to do things with it, right? They were able to drill into it and, you know, do whatever they needed to do because it was numb in that area. I couldn't feel it. Like, yeah, you can't feel the pain to a certain extent, but it's like it's still there. The pain is still there, right? And, well, the pain isn't still. The wound is still there, right? Oh, my gosh. My intentions are still being unraveled. Um, 
you know, in so many ways, the, the cannabis was able to help me notice the wound, um, because I was unable to, like, feel that much pain, there's so much pain, and, um, it's a lot, it's a lot, Yeah, it's a lot. <sighs> One of my other intentions for the second night was to, um, gain more clarity on my money wounding and, and meet the part of me that's in charge of money because, you know, in my opinion, they're not doing that great. Um, <laughs> so I hope that intention will come up sometime. You know, I'm starting to observe it and that's my thing. I'm like, you know, another one of my intentions was to take what I learned and bring it into my real life and do the work and I you know to do, be better and you know a lot of it was being better for other people but really it's like better for myself like deserve to be treated better than I treat myself you know how many times do you say to other people I deserve to be treated this way and you do right but then how many ways are you crossing your own boundaries with yourself Yeah, that's been something I've really been sitting with, the ways I've been crossing my own boundaries and, you know, cut it out. <laughs> or even creating boundaries. You know, sometimes you don't know you need a boundary there, you know, until you realize, oh, shit, like, maybe a boundary would work here. Um, which is, like, for somebody, like, I hate having boundaries, but, like, they're, they're, they're okay. You know, restructuring boundaries so you could get from one point to another, you know. That's okay. You know, I really had to look at the boundaries that I was putting up. Like, this boundary of my little bouncer. How she decides, you know, how somebody gets in or if they're getting in. And, um... You know, she's been real upset with me because I've been letting people in who should not come in. And I get it. Me me and little me got to work on our trust. Um, but, like, looking around in my life, honestly, there aren't... I, there aren't any... There is not one person in my life who I'm like, they shouldn't... They shouldn't be here. I don't know, maybe there are a few people in my life. I <laughs> uh, should be here. I realized on my second night that it's like I want I want there to be room for everyone. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. I'll come back to that, you know. 
I do. Like, I do. I do want there to be room for everyone, but that's only because that's my whole, like, I want other people to feel loved because I wasn't loved, you know, the way I wanted to. So I want to love other people in this way. And, you know, I need to realize that my heart is only so big. As big as it is, it's only so big and I should be taking up most of it. You know, I still look at the ways that I'm creating space for others and they're not, you know, I feel like they're not creating the same space for me and then like I'm feeling this tension and then being in this tension and I guess that's what I have to do. Just be in that tension and observe it and wonder and ask more questions. I like asking questions. Um, We're talking about this, you know. I was talking, what was I talking about with one of the facilitators? It was something like, you know, I realized that I would just end up like really upset and angry. Um kind of like around my parents and he asked what if you asked them oh like being told I wasn't allowed to feel these feelings and then he said what if you asked the 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 other people the person why do you think this feeling is coming up in me I think about, like, what my parents would say. Well, why do you think it's coming up in me? I feel like they'd be like, Oh, <laughs> like, a deer in headlights. Like, what do you mean? You know? And that's the thing. I feel like, you know, there's something where it came up where it's like, I'm not responsible for how you feel. Yeah, you're not responsible, but, like, can I have support in this exploration together? Right? That's my thing. I fucking love exploration. I love exploring. And it's like, sometimes I need support in that. And I love giving other people support in that. You know? If anything, this this last trip really showed me, like, how much more um, there is to explore about myself. And I'm really looking forward... To, like, keep growing. And keep just making different choices, right? Like, I I want to explore myself more. And I'm really looking forward to doing that. I don't know. I think I'm pretty fucking awesome. I do. I think I'm pretty fucking cool. Like, I look around my life, it's like, this could be better, but, like, you're a cool person. Like, I think I'm cool. If you're listening to this and you think I'm cool, please let me know. I would love that validation. That would be really great for my ego. Um, But no, and there's some things that I do that aren't cool. It's like, okay, can we not? Let's, like, cut this out. Um, But I think the coolest part is that, like, Every day I wake up with the intention of just being better. Right? Like, how can I be more loving? How can I be more compassionate? 
How can I be more understanding? How can I be more grateful? Oh, that was another thing. I got to see what my gratefulness feels like. And it's like a bunch of little diamonds that reflect refract reflect refract like the the rainbow of my love it's like really cool i love it it's really cool you know feeling your feelings i like it sign me up sign me the fuck up um yeah gonna keep exploring this and keep going into this and this is probably gonna get weirder and weirder so if you're listening thank you for listening um i really appreciate it uh yeah i think that's it is it i don't know i wanted to end this at at 55 minutes and 55 seconds but it didn't feel right Um, but if you are listening, thank you. Thank you for listening. Sincerely, like, reach out. Let me know. Like, hey, I listened to this. I thought it was cool. Okay, thanks. I'm happy you think it's cool. Um, if you have the thing, if there's something you think there's, we, I should talk about, I would love to. Um, you know, feeling your feelings, facing trauma, what it's like to, you know, um, I will, I wouldn't mind saying more details about the ceremony and, you know, also being as general as possible because I don't want the people, you know, to, I don't want to give out more information than I need to, of course, but, you know, I'll talk about what my experience in ceremony is like. It's really cool. Um, what got me into this? Those are good questions. I don't know. Maybe I might address them my goddamn self. Um, you know, when you have a whole question and answer and you just question yourself to really discover why you did the things you did. Okay, well, it's been cool, friends. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being who you are. And thanks for... Thanks for... Thanks. Just thanks, you know? I think you're doing a really great job, too. Like, the fact that you're listening to this is just, like, um... You know, we were probably one and the same then. Like, I think you're trying to be better too. And I think that's a really great goal. And I think that's, like, not an impossible thing to do. And, you know, you're putting in work. I'm proud of you. It's, in so many ways, it doesn't feel easy. And in so many ways, it really is simple. And that makes me so angry that it's simple. But (laughs) it's a whole nother thing. Okay, I'm gonna go. Thank you. I love you very much. I'll see you next time. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Manifesting Mari. Follow me on Instagram at manifesting underscore Mari. And follow my weight loss journey on Instagram at manifesting underscore weight loss.